Hello and welcome to another episode of Kings of the Court. On today's episode, Alex Bolins is rejoining the podcast and we're going to dive into a lot of NBA talk. It's been a while since we've gotten to talk basketball on this podcast, but the NBA Finals just wrapped up. The Milwaukee Bucks are NBA champs. Giannis Antetokounmpo is basically the biggest name of basketball right now. You know, you could make the argument that that he's the best player in the world right now. I, I'm not sure I'm making that argument. I'm just saying he is. He has reached an elite status in NBA circles. And so Alex and I are going to break down the finals matchup. Uh, what what came to be between the Suns and Bucks, and kind of give a little bit of an offseason preview for both of those teams. And then we're going to really talk heavily about some other contenders in the NBA who have moves to make in the offseason, you know, whether it's the Lakers or the Warriors, you know, the Warriors are getting Klay Thompson back this season. What they have two first round draft picks in the lottery. Are there, are there things and some manipulating that can be done uh, to, to beef up this roster before the regular season starts? Um, I, I love this time of year for the NBA. Not that the the playoffs aren't fantastic. The playoffs are great to watch. That's obviously the the prime season of of watching basketball in the NBA. But as soon as the finals are over, we get the draft this week, and then we get free agency starting soon after that, and then you get all these trade rumors, and it just reminds you like the NBA is a twelve month season. It's not just the regular season and postseason. It, the offseason is honestly just as entertaining and and really fun to, to follow. You know, even if there's no actual games being played, there just seems to be so much action happening in this modern era of the NBA and the offseason specifically. And so we felt like now was a great time to put another episode out and to get some offseason talk going. So without further ado... Alex is going to join me on the podcast, and we're going to talk about the finals. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to talk about possible trades that you can be on the lookout for as we head into the offseason. All right, joining me on the podcast again, he's back in the studio after, you know, a long pause, his long-awaited return. It's Alex Bullens. Hey, what's up, Josh? Glad to be back. Glad to talk some basketball. I am so pumped to talk basketball with you, man. It really, like, we we took a, you know, we did our NBA playoff preview. Then I feel like both of our lives were crazy for a bit, so it was kind of hard to do podcasting. And now things have slowed down, and it just so happens that we're entering the NBA offseason. We just came off of a wild NBA Finals, where Giannis is now king of the world, NBA champion, NBA Finals MVP, I feel like this is a lot to talk about, despite missing despite missing all of the playoffs on our podcast. There's even it seems like there's even more to talk about now than than during the playoffs. Yeah, it's um, there's so much stuff happening in NBA right now, and um, it was probably good to have a little hiatus there, um, you know, so listeners could maybe uh, forget all my bad uh, finals <laughs> predictions. <laughs> Um, I picked the LA Lakers to win, so obviously. So did I. I mean, we both guilty, <laughs> guilty as charged right here. Yeah. So uh, maybe it was a a good uh, hiatus there, but you know we're back, and yeah, there's there's a bunch to talk about with uh, off season trades, um, the draft coming up this week, and like you said, just an awesome finals that uh, I don't think anyone 
predicted, but I think we ended up having a great series, and it was just fun to watch uh, two teams that hadn't been there in a really, really long time. Yeah, I wish we could go back and tell like our our podcasting selves before the playoffs started that it was going to be Suns and Bucks and just just see what our reactions would have been. Uh, because yeah, like you said, no one, no one would have ever predicted that these are the two teams that are in the finals. Um, we, we end the NBA finals again, like I mentioned earlier with Giannis kind of conquering all of his haters and, and putting on a massive display of dominance in the NBA finals where he just like, he just goes basically all, any of the things that you could have critiqued him for. He just put them all to bed by really like honing in on what he does well and his strengths really, they really shined brightly in that final series. Um, So the Bucks are NBA champions. A very back, it started out as a back and forth series and then they just kind of took over once game four or five hit. Uh, We didn't get the Chris Paul redemption story of finally getting a ring. And that was a bummer for me. I was really pulling for him to finally get a ring, and and that didn't happen. Um, so I'm just curious, what is, what was your like general reaction to the NBA Finals this year? You, you know, the matchup being so wonky, and and the end result. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is a this was a, a great uh, matchup for uh, basketball fans. You know, I think maybe the uh, the casual sports watcher, you know, maybe this wouldn't be their favorite. Uh, matchup but I feel like from a from a basketball fan perspective this was a this was an awesome matchup and it was really a it was really cool to see Chris Paul and, and Giannis and two guys who who don't have the ring you know didn't have a ring and uh just watching them play was awesome I mean Giannis like you said he had silenced all the doubters you know even at age 26 he just uh he went crazy I think he averaged like 35 points for the series or something like unbelievable re- ridiculous like that's got to be like one of the highest like finals point averages um of all time if not like the highest one um so it, it was it was really cool to see him uh show out you know and, and silence all of his critics um i would say at least for the time being you know <laughs> right right they'll come back yeah they'll come back oh yeah they'll they'll follow him his whole career probably too. yeah <laughs> but like and that's the cool thing about him winning the title in the way that he did like game six you're at home it's like it's not win or go home, but it feels like it because if you don't want to, you don't want to have to win Game Seven on the road in Phoenix. And he puts up fifty points and hits seventeen of nineteen free throws. And so it's like he will forever be able to, you know, or any Giannis defender will forever be able to go back to this game and say, well, no, he did it. He he did it right here. Here's the proof of why Giannis is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, I think um, he definitely will go go down as one of the greatest of all time and you know when his career's over i'm sure he's gonna have a few more rings on that resume and um you know i think uh you know he'll probably go down as one of the greatest power forwards um to ever play and um i I really like this i really like this matchup and it was one of those i feel like you know just two feel-good stories um, yeah with the Suns and the bucks and it was Personally, me, it felt like I wish that there was some way that both of these teams could end up with a ring. Um, just, you know, you're rooting for Chris Paul. You know, he's been here for, what, 16 years. Never, this first time making the finals. You know, he's, uh, you know, entering the last few years of his of his uh, career. And you're really just rooting for, um, for him as well. But, you know, Giannis is just, he's just such a, a great all-around guy. Such a, um, a funny, um, really um, just 
super awesome guy to uh you know a great face of the league really absolutely i, I don't I, it's a guy that you really can't complain about at all oh yeah um as far as a what kind of a person he is so it just um yeah it just was a bummer that both of these teams couldn't win but um you know happy for for uh for Giannis for winning and and for the rest of that bucks team they really uh they really showed out yeah absolutely the i you know let's not forget to to shout out the rest of this bucks team you got you got coach bud you know the i've seen him <laughs> comped to like an insurance agent you know on the on the sideline oh, maybe a realtor or something like that like just always looking stressed just like an average middle class white dad on the on the <laughs> sidelines looking extremely stressed the whole time and it's crazy like if they would have lost that series to the nets in the second round or whatever like he probably would have been fired and now now he's an <laughs> yeah. nba champion and that's that's incredible um you know whether it's him or whether it's someone like drew holiday who has been on mostly an underwhelming pelicans team his whole career now gets to well not actually he started out in philly had a had a few good years in philly as well but gets to play for a contender and then win a championship and while he didn't do it offensively the whole time he certainly was was a key component of their finals championship because of the defense he played down the stretch in so many of those games like he in game six he truly like changed the way devin booker played like i there he was he was all over him um or or someone like Chris Middleton too, a, a guy that has been you know dubbed kind of like a fake All Star throughout his career is like <laughs> this guy that makes All Star game but has like no superstar status whatsoever. Like just doesn't look like a superstar by any means, but like just quietly averages twenty two, twenty four points a game throughout his throughout his career. And he showed out in in Game Six as well. Maybe not to the degree that a Bucks fan would have liked, but like. Throughout throughout that series, there were moments where Chris Middleton was able to take over. Yeah, Drew Holiday. That um, looking at that, you know, deal to get him over there. That uh, that's definitely paid off. Obviously, um, the the trade that they made with the the Pelicans, they gave up a lot to uh, get him on this roster. But yeah, his his defense um, really really um, showed up big time. You know, containing uh, Devin Booker isn't really a, quite an easy task, as we've seen uh, the last <laughs> three teams that they played uh fail pretty uh pretty miserably oh yeah <laughs> yeah very miserably um yeah but those two guys really um you know supporting all-star caliber players um really came up big too um you know uh chris middleton he uh um, really came up big in clutch i think the fourth quarter was really his time his time to shine it seemed and um he he um he really delivered and th- that whole team really um really did an excellent job in the, in the finals it was a uh, it was a cool series to watch as it seemed like they were like almost got better each game. And, uh, you know, it just, after like probably game four, it just kind of felt like, you know, the tide had completely turned. It, yes. 100%. Um, the first, after the first two games, it seemed like, oh, like, you know, Suns in four. Right. <laughs> yeah. It did kind of feel that way. Suns in four guy. Oh, looks like he almost had the prediction, right? Almost, then, almost, then, uh, man. The Bucks in six, you know, that, uh, it was, um, yeah, it, it really just, uh, it really turned and it was um it was awesome to see and i'm just you know really happy for a lot of those guys and um i'm just i'm interested in to see what uh what phoenix is going to do this off season you know they um you know they were right there you know two two games away from their first ring ever as a franchise you know chris paul's would have been his first ring 
Um, you know, all, I think almost all those guys had, yeah. hadn't won a ring on the on their team. So I'm interested to see kind of what they are going to do moving forward in the offseason and what that's going to look like for them. Yeah, let's let's talk about that. You know, for both of these teams, I don't think many people expected either of these teams to come out as the NBA champion at the end of the season. And so next year, we're about to talk about a lot of offseason moves that are potentially going to be made with with contenders like LA who we originally picked to, to win the title <laughs> um, or, or Brooklyn is going to be back you're, and then you're going to have other teams like Philly and um, the Warriors and, and, and teams like that who are eager to jump into the mix uh, and, and kind of reload their rosters in the off season. So starting with the defending champions, starting with the Bucks, like what's it going to take for them to defend their title? Do you think there's much that needs to be added to their roster to compete again for a title next year or is it just kind of like hone in on what you do good and 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 try and run it back yeah i think it's a tough position to say that um i think that they will need more next year um i think that the competition is going to be even even better next year you know you mentioned a few teams like golden state they're going to have clay back um and they've been looking like they've been trying to um you know been in some uh, trade rumors to try to really maximize um, you know, the prime years of, of Clay and Steph together. So I think they're going to be back, and they're going to be um, a definite, like, contender to, to make the finals as well. I mean, the Lakers, I think they're going to do the same thing, try to get another star to uh, play with LeBron, you know, as long as he's um, playing at elite level. Um, the Nets, I mean, they're going to be – I mean, they came within an inch of beating the Bucks this yeah, last year. Literally an inch. Like, literally, literally an inch. <laughs> within an inch of beating them, and they didn't have Kyrie – and Harden was like looked like a shell of himself. So right. um, I think all these teams are going to be back, and they're going to be gunning for it next year. Um, so I think it it'd be easy to say that yeah, the the Bucks are probably going to have to to do something in the off season to compete with these these other big market teams who can um, you know really easily attract free agents. Like Milwaukee in itself, you know, isn't a great free agent des- destination. Really, <laughs> it's not. It's not. But they they have like the title atmosphere now around them right like and i think they can show that they added pieces in the offseason this year like drew holiday or pj tucker in the middle of the season this year that like helped them build a championship contender and so it's almost like i would almost look at like guys like that like drew and pj tucker as like some ambassadors for the bucks you know like let's try it let's try and bring in some more talent you know i mean I don't think it's going to be anything huge for them in the offseason that they could really like reel in a big name free agent or even that they would want to do that. But I do think when it comes to maybe some veteran players who are looking for a smaller deal or maybe some buyout guys next year, like the Bucks will be in the mix to, to make smaller moves like that. And now they have the reputation of being NBA champions to kind of back them up. And so, um, we we've seen that with other franchises in the past too. The the Raptors just two years ago, winning the title, go from being a team that was just kind of laughed at for a lot of years, and and then then becoming a more um, respected franchise among you know NBA circles. So I I don't know if there's like there's not a guy that I can think of that Milwaukee needs to add by any means, but they like you said it's going to be very competitive next year. So they I don't think they can run out the same exact squad and and win the title again no i don't think they they can either um i think something that 
it's always beneficial just adding depth to the bench, like another guy who's like a shot creator, another guy who can handle the ball maybe. Um, especially, you know, as we see, saw this year, so many stars got injured. And just having insurance maybe for one of your like all-star guys um, when he, you know, unexpectedly maybe gets an injury or he's unexpectedly out for like maybe, you know, four or five games or a whole series, um, adding like another really solid bench guy who could, you know, maybe start in another team but, you know, is taking, taking a back seat position because he thinks he can win a title with Milwaukee, you know, I think you're going to be looking at some of those guys maybe like, you know, comparable to make maybe like Rajon Rondo, you know, like an older veteran who, you know, is a really, really good like backup, like a guy that you can have on your bench and, you know, he's can give you really solid, um, in, you know, really uh, solid playoff minutes. So maybe not necessarily him, but someone kind of like, that played that role, you know, for yeah. maybe the Lakers or maybe the, the, the Clippers the last, you know, two playoffs. Yeah, that's a good that's a good name to bring up. Not not specifically him, but someone of that mold. And there's guys like that. There's plenty of guys around the league that would love to to take a bench role to to go chase a ring. And so, um, yeah, I'd love to see like Derrick Rose or somebody get on a, a better team and maybe get his first ring. I think that would be. Oh, a- I would love it too. I would love it too. I'm hesitant because there was a. I don't know if you saw this, but there's a rumor that got spread earlier today that there's like there's like a small chance he might be coming back to the Bulls. Oh, a very small chance. Okay. Well, yeah. Woj was talking about it with Zach Lowe earlier today, I think, and and um, I I like that would complete my heart so much <laughs> uh, as a basketball fan, my basketball fan heart. Like yeah. to see Derrick Rose back in a Bulls uniform. I I mean, we we don't have to spend too much time on it, but like it would all just come full full circle. Yeah. The thing is, he probably won't win a championship if he does that. But yeah. I don't think, like, like sell a lot of merchandise. So, so sell a lot of merch. Selfishly, that's what I want. Yeah. Um, so, so the other team coming out of this shorthanded, unfortunately, the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, like we talked about, couldn't quite get there once again in terms of securing the Larry O'Brien trophy. The Phoenix Suns have to be the biggest come-up story in recent memory that I can think of. Going from... I think like 13th in the West the season before they had the nice bubble run going eight and zero in the bubble. That's true. And then just that catapulted them into this season where they're the two seed. And then, you know, they definitely got some luck and breaks with injuries to other teams in the West, but they took care of business when, when it was required of them in the Western conference and, and they go to the NBA finals. I think coming out of this series off the bat, Devin Booker is now like, a solidified winner in this league he's not just like a good stats on a bad team guy like he's a top 15 player in the nba and then you've got deandre aden goes from looking like a potential number one overall pick bust to maybe not living up to the hype of the number one overall pick but certainly a piece that you would want to to build your franchise around if you're trying to win a title like he is when you think about big men in the NBA, like DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden kind of fills that mold. A lot, a lot of what you want. Like the defense isn't completely there yet, but just his ability to thrive in the pick and roll and his ability to rebound, he's like he's already like heads and shoulders above a lot of other bigs in the league. So you have this core of of Booker and Aiden, and then there's the question mark of if Chris Paul is going to stay or not. Um, but let's just assume Chris Paul will stay in Phoenix. Like, what did this team in Phoenix that lost in the finals, what were they missing that you you feel like maybe they need to add heading into next season? 
Yeah, that's that's a that's a tough question. I mean, like you know, um, the first few rounds of the the playoffs, they were, it looked like they were running on all cylinders and they looked like unstoppable. Um, you know, like you said, they they had a little bit of luck with injuries, you know, and that's that's something that you can't really predict and you you know you can't really control. And they but they they took care of business each time. You know, they they uh you know they beat the team in front of them. And that's all you can do. You right. Know? Um, but I uh, I think that they could really add um, a really solid backup behind Aiton. Um, I really yes. think uh, teams were trying to take advantage of them when Aiton was on the bench or uh, the the few minutes he was out. You know, because um, they were they were running a good amount of their offense through him. And uh, getting the uh, you know the other big man in foul trouble, and it, I mean he he really did show out in the playoffs. He re- this was really his coming out party as well. Um, this this postseason, he really showed his value and really um, you know gave a good argument of why he was worthy of that number one uh, selection in that draft. So um, I think if they could pick up um, a really solid backup center to go behind him, I think they had I think Sarge was like their their backup. Yeah, and he's like not even. I mean, he must be like six eight, six nine. He is not big at all. Yeah, he's a pretty small guy for a center, and he was injured, so they had like what, like Kaminsky. Kaminsky's out there getting yeah, minutes. He does not deserve playoff he does, minutes. He doesn't need to be playing in the finals. I can yeah. tell you, Kaminsky's probably not a part of a finals winning team. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I love you, Frank. You did great at Wisconsin, <laughs> um, but uh, you know this is this is not your time to shine in the finals. So, um, but yeah, I think I think that would that would really work them wonders um, and really be able to keep up you know, solid play at, at the five when uh, Aiton's taking a rest there. So um, the first guy I'm thinking of coming to mind, maybe like a Dwight Howard mm. um, type of guy, you know, I, I'm not really thinking of a lot of other, like... Um, I was going to say a JaVale McGee type. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a- Olympian JaVale McGee. Yeah, on the Olympic team, a three-time Shaqton a Fool MVP, <laughs> three-time NBA champion. Um, I, that's what I'm saying. How many other guys on that roster have won a title? Not many. You bring in the experienced, seasoned veteran with three championships, JaVale McGee. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, I like. I completely agree with you that they need a backup big because when Aiden comes out of the game, they're toast against any team that's slightly bigger than they are. Um, they can run a small lineup and be just fine. They just can't do it for extended periods of time. I think the other thing they probably need, and, and this player that I'm about to mention actually had an awesome postseason and probably like elevated his status in the nba quite a bit and that's cameron Payne, their backup point guard who really did a tremendous job coming off the bench for the suns and you know especially starting even starting for them a couple games when chris paul was out due to covid protocols um but he's not like he's not what i think they need coming off the bench i think they need a spark plug scorer coming off the bench like a jordan clarkson type a uh dennis schroeder type someone like that that can that can come off the bench and provide easy buckets um cameron Payne, like when just watching him play throughout throughout the playoffs he was basically just like the bench chris paul i mean he would come out there and he had everything organized on offense to run a very like successful half court offense like like chris paul would but um, and he would—he definitely got his points. He definitely scored, but I—I I feel like they could probably use a more reliable scorer coming off the bench um, to kind of lead the second unit. They could keep Cameron Payne and and still bring someone else in to go alongside of him. But I—I I, I think they could use some more bench scoring for sure because they the the depth, um, you know, once you get past that starting five is it, once once you got to the finals, it started to look a little suspect. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, Cameron Payne did did play really well in the. I think it was like the first two games of the Clippers series. Um, they ended up winning both those games that Chris Paul was out, which is uh, was kind of surprising. I feel like um, you know just because how integral he is to that offense. Um, but yeah, he definitely will. Uh, I can't remember if he's in a if he's in a contract year or not. But if he is, he's gonna he's gonna get his he'll money. get he'll get money this offseason, That's yeah. for sure. Some if he if he is in a contract year, like someone will overpay for him easily. You can't have a off a postseason like that and not not have that happen. Yeah, um, but Dennis Schroeder, man, um, I mean he's he's in a contract year. He's gonna be a free agent and. Um, I mean, he's already down in south the Southwest anyway. That's true. It would be LA. that, and it it seems like he's not going to be a Laker next year. Yeah. So it, it really feels like he's seeking a big paycheck, like a very large paycheck. Um, and I, I the the Lakers aren't going to give him that. I don't think. No, they already have too much money tied up with AD and LeBron. I think, and uh, I think that um, I I don't know how the Suns would make the money work. I think they'd have to to get Chris Paul to decline his player option and maybe stretch like a longer term deal, but I think, I think they could, uh, they could probably work that out. I'm pretty sure, um, they could, uh, the front office there could probably figure that out if they really wanted to. They there. could. Yeah. Like any, anything is true. Like I was listening to this on a podcast earlier today, the way the cap is set up now, cap space is important, but we've seen several off seasons in recent memory where, a, a deal that shouldn't pos- be possible to be be made is made because of a sign and trade. So there, you know, there, there's always the caveat of a sign and trade when you're kind of out of cap space. And so, um, teams are often able to work that out if if they really truly want to add somebody. Um, but you know, talking you bringing up the Lakers and and Dennis Schroeder is a perfect segue into our next segment, and that's what. The, the, the teams that we think are going to be very heavily involved in trading or in free agent signings in the offseason. So I, I'm thinking primarily teams that, that didn't go far or that, that were just on the cusp of going far to the playoffs last year um, or to the NBA Finals, rather, that could use a couple players or two and or, or maybe make some really big swings at star players to, to try and beef up their roster. Um, Alex, I know you had a few teams in mind you expect to be active. Uh, we'll we'll, um, we'll eventually dive into like the details of each one of those teams. So what what teams just just the teams you expect to be involved heavily in trades and free agency? Yeah, I'll uh, talk briefly about a few teams. Uh, like you said, the Lakers. You know they underwhelmed this year. I mean, title aspirations were really you know, in their cards is what they were, were going for. And, you know, um, they had a lot of lingering injuries with, with AD and LeBron, you know, throughout, it seemed like almost the whole season. So um, I think they're really going to be looking for another playmaker to take some responsibility off of LeBron as he's coming into the, the later years of his career. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that they're, that they're going to look for maybe a, a point guard or um, to come off the bench probably, you know, so that would maybe start in a few other teams. Um or just like another like really good three and D player as well, mm-hmm. just to um, have another guy for like LeBron to kick out to. Absolutely. Um, a few other teams that um, I think will be making some trades are the Warriors. You know, stay mm-hmm. on the West Coast, um, maximizing the years that they got Steph, Steph and Clay there. Um, with him, you know, Clay being out for like what it feels like forever now. Yeah, yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> it's really been too long. Yeah, I know that they're I know they're going to be gunning for another title with those two guys, you know, still in their prime. 
And then uh, the two other teams I thought would be making some deals are the Sixers. You know, obviously they they were looking for at least title aspirations or, you know, at least Eastern Conference Finals. And, you know, they, um, you know, obviously didn't make that as well. So them and then maybe the Knicks I thought would be an interesting team. I think I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, do you have any uh, do you have any thoughts about any of those teams? Maybe uh, some guys, maybe they would trade for, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think let's start with the Warriors actually, because I, you know, we we were talking before we started recording a little bit about the draft. The draft is this Thursday, which it just doesn't seem real to me that the draft is happening so so shortly after the finals. Maybe that's how it always is, but it seems different this year. Um, and the Warriors are in prime position with two picks in the lottery region of the draft that, you know, by all accounts right now they're holding on to. But if if I were to bet, they're probably going to move away from at least one of those picks uh, to, to, to package that in a trade for a player who's proven themselves to be effective right now. Like you were saying earlier, Alex, like, you want to maximize the years that you still have Steph and Clay in their prime. I think Steph is like 32 now. Clay Thompson can't be that far behind him. And, and Draymond Green, you know, he's not, he's a superstar, but not at the same level as, as Steph and Clay are. So his years of being productive are already kind of starting to decline in, in certain areas of his game anyway. He's still an excellent defender in and just some of the more basketball IQ intangibles, he he will always he'll always carry that with him. And so I look at the Warriors as someone honestly that's going to be active on draft night to to make some deals. the The names that I've heard them be kind of you know orbiting around the Warriors trade circles. The one that I'm most interested to see happen is a potential Pascal Siakam trade. I don't know if you've seen this get floated around out there, but I, that's a that's a rumor that I've seen. And you know, the Raptors already have pick number four. They're they're in a position now where they could they could really capitalize on having that number four pick to do a soft rebuild and and build their new roster up through the draft this year. And they could do that by adding some of the Warriors picks that they have in this draft. Um, I'm curious what your thoughts are on like if. Would Pascal Siakam help the Warriors right now? Um, and what other like kinds of players could the could the Warriors target that would help them out right now? Mm, that's that's interesting. I, I had uh, I had actually seen something about that, but I didn't. I forgot about it until you just mentioned yeah, it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's 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 interesting. Um, the Golden State always seems like they have a ton of assets, and it, it. Oh my gosh! Yeah. It, always. It, it it must be just the genius of their front office. They always seem like they have stuff to trade, and it's like that. I don't know if they're on the, just the right side of luck all the time or, or, or what, or if they could just outsmart everyone else, um, else's front office. But, um, I think that would be interesting. I think it, you know, for the right price, I think he would be a good addition. Um, I'm not sure if he's maybe the best player that they could get, you know, they, they do have a lot, like you said, they have those two picks, but they also have James Wiseman, the uh, previous number one overall pick, um, who I know his timeline doesn't, align really well with the other three all-star all-stars they have um but i do think that a lot of teams could be potentially interested in him he you know is really raw right now but i think he could be you know a a really great center in this league he could you know definitely starting um fringe all-star possibly you know in uh, in the future for him so i think um 
you know, those two picks, James Wiseman, and I think they have a few other guys on their on their roster. I think uh, I think Kelly Oubre is still. Yeah, they, still I forgot head. about that. Is Kelly Oubre still hanging around? Yeah, I'm um, still looking good as ever, but um, <laughs> but not not in terms of basketball skills. <laughs> yeah, um, but I I. I don't know. I, I think he wouldn't be a bad addition. I just think that they could do better than that, I guess, with what they have. Cause they I, would really need him to be they, – they would need him to be kind of like baby Giannis, like, like be the guy that he was on that 2019 team that won the title where he would just attack the rim, attack the rim, attack the rim, and especially like be a big, um, big force on the fast break. Because the Warriors, as they stand right now, if you're building around a core of Steph Clay and Draymond, you have, you know, the generational talent of Steph Curry and a ball handler and shooter uh, to be your primary scorer and creator. You've got, you know, the most like knockdown elite specialist shooter and and Clay Thompson in the league, and then you've got a great defender and playmaker and and Draymond. I it seems to me like they need someone. They need a secondary guy that can have the ball in their hand. To, to get shots when Steph is out, when when Steph's on the bench, or or just to give him a breather every now and then. So it's not on Steph to make every offensive shot, you know. And and Siakam could be that guy, but he also his offensive game is just limited to some degree. Yeah, that's true. It's um, I honestly, when you were just talking, I honestly thought Ben Simmons might be an interesting comp to have on this team. You know, man. I that's been floated out there too as well like a Simmons to Golden State trade it's been floated out there a little bit I mean like you know they had two of the greatest floor spacers of all time yeah he's gonna have tons of space so much space uh he's not gonna be asked to score 20 points a night um also the defensive combo of Draymond and Ben Simmons could be lethal I mean who knows you 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 might have to get Draymond back in a trade or something like that I don't know if that's what Mm. Philly would want but like I, I don't know how the trade works out, but if you kept Draymond and you added Ben Simmons, I mean, like, not only you have like the the shooting duo of Clay and Steph, and then you have the defensive duo of Draymond and and Ben Simmons would be pretty lethal. Yeah, and I'm sure uh, you know Steph and Clay could probably give Ben a few pointers on his uh, <laughs> on his free throws, and I don't know, maybe he could be a good three point shooter. The, the third splash brother, yeah. Ben Simmons. <laughs> hey, you never know, man. Those guys are so good. I'm sure that they could they can make anybody shooter. You're you probably know? right. You're probably right. No, that's a good that's a good name to keep in mind. There, I, I feel like unfortunately the Warriors probably want you know when they lost Durant, the whole they. They got D'Angelo Russell, and the whole like time, it's felt like they've been trying to fill the Kevin Durant hole, um, as opposed to going back to the like 2015 and 16 iterations of the Warriors, where it was Steph Clay and a bunch of really good role guys like Andre Iguodala and Sean Livingston and Harrison Barnes. Um, they they just have missed on all of the potential role guys to fill those those guys shoes and so now they're in a situation where it just it feels like if they don't if they don't fill Durant's hole with like a slightly less better or probably significantly less better version of Durant um it seems like what what are they going to do because the role guys just Kelly Oubre didn't pan out Andrew Wiggins hasn't really panned out it's it's just it it hasn't it hasn't worked for them yet to this point um I guess the other biggest name team we talk about is the Lakers and 
I'll float a couple other names out that I've heard with the Lakers. You sent me the text yesterday of like all the all the names the Lakers could possibly <laughs> and like all they've got to offer is Kyle Kuzma. You know, it's like I, you just have to imagine the Lakers. They're gonna land someone that they probably shouldn't be able to because they're the Lakers and it's gonna be really frustrating. But you know, some of the names out there is Kyle Lowry. Um, I've been seeing Buddy Heald's name floated out a little bit recently. I've been seeing Spencer Dinwiddie's name float out a little bit recently. If I if I were to guess, like most realistic, I don't know if these two teams would want to help each other out, but a Spencer Dinwiddie trade feels like it could happen. Mm. That seems like yeah. a little like it's not shooting for the moon and a Kyle Lowry or a Chris Paul or someone like that, but like a Spencer Dinwiddie could potentially work but i don't know if the nets would want to trade with basically like their biggest competitor to the title so um i don't know what what do you think about some of the names the lakers are kind of circling in on yeah i I like a lot of those guys i think they can really fill the playmaking role that um that they've been looking for someone to be able to handle the ball and take take some of that responsibility off of lebron as he's you know getting like what he's like 36 or 37 right right now and i mean he's you know, still an elite player, but he's not really looking to play like 35 minutes a night, you know, no. um, anymore, which is, which is fine. You know, he's like been in the league for, I don't even <laughs> so, so long, ridiculously long. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think all those guys, um, could, could do well. I've, I've heard of like a, um, possible like DeMar DeRozan. Um, oh, that's right. I totally forgot Kyle about Lowry, that one. Kyle Lowry, both. Oh, they both end up there. Possibly I... like, you know, reuniting, um, again on the Lakers. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they have enough money for it. I would be, I'd personally be kind of mad at that. Yeah. LeBron I'm, did Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan dirty so many times in the playoffs <laughs> when they were in Toronto, and then they're just going to join forces with them. That was like basically LeBron City. <laughs> he like owned LeBron-to, them. Lebronto. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Dude. He owned them every time, no matter how good, no matter how good Toronto was. Like LeBron just annihilated them. Um, but uh, yeah, it would be frustrating from a, a fan of a small market team just to have guys just show up at your door and take minimum <laughs> minimum deals. You know, that's, that is really frustrating to see. But, you know, it, it's the Lakers, and literally anything good happens to, you know, teams like yeah, them. So yeah, exactly. I could see it happen, especially with, I'm pretty sure DeMar is, like, from that area. I think he's, he is. He's yeah, from, he's from L.A. Yeah. yeah, so that, you know, coming back home, you know, playing for your home team, having, you know, your family all there. I'm sure that is like tremendous help in getting someone to come play professionally in an area. Yeah. So, um, the I weird could, thing is like, I don't know. Do you think they need DeMar? Because I, while he's definitely a second, he's a secondary scorer, which, which they could use. What, what I've kind of come to grips with in my mind, like for the Lakers, I think if you're a Lakers fan, if you're in the Lakers front office, you have to, I think you have to prepare for Anthony Davis getting hurt. He gets hurt a lot, and having someone like DeMar DeRozan would be awesome because he's he's been able to play the Batman role before, I guess. I guess technically he was um, he was Batman in Toronto to, to Kyle Lowry's Robin, but, you know, um, you know he, he could step in and be that second superstar when Anthony Davis is out. I just don't know if, like, when, when they're all three playing together, how much it fits because I don't know how much shooting he adds and... The Lakers don't have a lot of shooting. Yeah, he definitely doesn't space the floor as much as you would like someone who's making that much money. Um, I do think that he will end up on a, on a team, a championship caliber team. You know, he's 
probably entering the last stage of his career. He doesn't have a ring yet, you know, so I think he's probably going to be wanting to be on these upper echelon teams. So I think he'll probably be looking to join one of these teams. I don't think they necessarily need him, but, you know, right. if if you're looking at some of the rosters of the teams they're supposed to be beating, like the Nets, the Bucks, and potentially whatever the Warriors and Clippers come up with, like, you know, you honestly just want any good player on your team so the other guys don't have them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, because th- those rosters you just mentioned are stacked. Brooklyn's roster is stacked. I mean, Milwaukee's isn't, I wouldn't call it stacked, but their starting lineup is very, very formidable, and, and they just proved they can win a title. So, um, Yeah, I mean, if they don't sign him, you know, he, he's probably going to be knocking on one of those two yeah. teams' doors. Yeah, so. you, I mean, if he wants a ring, those are the those are the competitors. You're, you have to outbid one of those guys. But it kind of sounds, I was, uh, Shannon Sharp interviewed DeMar DeRozan either today or, or or just recently, and just from the interview, the snippet that I saw, like it, he wants to be in LA. You could just tell, like I think, I think he really wants to be in LA. So I, I would not be surprised if Demar Derozan was a Laker next year. Yeah, if he wants to win a ring, I mean, you, you can't go to the Clippers. You know, I mean, you got, <laughs> you just can't. You know, they they're cursed. Yeah, it's so. I mean, you got, you got to go to the Lakers if you want a ring in LA, and I mean. The only thing I can say for certain about the Lakers is that Kuzma is definitely not going to be on this team. <laughs> if, if he hasn't rented you know, his U-Haul yet, he needs to go reserve if that. If Kyle Kuzma is a Laker next year, like, ultimate plot armor. Like, Kyle Kuzma is the ultimate untradeable asset. Like, I would love to know what he has done for LeBron if he doesn't get traded. Like, you, someone's got to show me the text. Someone's got to show me the security footage and tell me what on earth this man has done to, like, make LeBron's life significantly better because that is unreal if he stays late. Like, it, like every single – I think Woj even reported, um, either Woj or Zach Lowe, earlier this week that like yeah if you talk i've talked to all 30 teams from in the nba like all 29 other teams have mentioned that they've gotten a trade offer including kyle kuzma and kcp like both (laughs) of them have been in a trade offer and like across the nba it's ridiculous oh man um that's tough so it's a tough look for those guys yeah um looking let's let's talk about those two other teams just briefly real quick the sixers to me are the most intriguing because they're a title contender. I truly believe they're a title contender that Daryl Morey is heading, and we know he gets extremely crafty with his trade proposals. And And Ben Simmons is is just like, I if he if he's another name, like if he doesn't get traded, I guess I wouldn't be shocked. But I'll say this, if he doesn't get traded by the end of next season, I would be shocked. He... He has been linked to so many different teams, uh, either to resurrect his jump shot or to play a, a lesser role and not not the second superstar on a team uh, like he is currently doing with the Sixers. So I guess my question for the Sixers is like, what what should they be looking to get in return for Ben Simmons? Yeah, this is this is they're in a tough situation here because I mean his trade value is literally at all time low. With his like paltry um, showing in this Hawks series, um, it just it was tough just watching that the last few games with him. Um, he there was just something off with him. I don't I don't know if it's just like a, a mental block or, or whatnot. Um, but but I think a change of scenery would do him wonders. Um, just to be able to maybe have a different role, um, or just 
you know, maybe a different team to work to work with. Um, just the fit, you know, definitely doesn't doesn't seem to work right here. I think I think the best thing for them is to wait it out a little bit to to maybe have his trade value go back up a, a little. Like wait wait until the regular season starts and he has a few games under his belt. I think he'll definitely have a better showing, um, you know, in some of those regular season games starting off. Um, but I think that they they just need another uh, a shooter to go around and be. You know, I don't I don't think it, it helps that they had an, you know another guy who's a post player and needs the ball really close to the basket. Um, that that doesn't really help them as much, you know. And um, and and Bede has a, a formidable shot, you know, especially for a center. But I think they need another guy who can space the floor. For them, and you know, continue to play um, defense at a, a good to an elite mm-hmm. level. You know, that's that's something I feel like they hung their hat on this last year. They were oh, yeah. one of the best defensive teams, and um, so I think that waiting it out is probably would be the best thing. But I, yeah, just someone someone who can um, space the floor and also just play um, play good defense. I don't know if there's anyone that you know comes to mind necessarily. I have a I have a name. D- what do you think? I guess what are the odds of a Ben Simmons for Kyle Lowry trade happening? Because the Sixers have been interested in Kyle Lowry before. They would last year. There's no way they would have given up Ben Simmons to get him. But now his trade value has has sunken to a place to where like, I don't know. It doesn't seem that crazy that you could you could make a Simmons for Lowry trade. Yeah, you know, especially with Daryl Morey, you know, running the the show there. I mean, he's he's been known to you know pull all the strings he possibly can in order to get to get a winning roster. So, I mean, even if it's a player that's going to be there for a few years or only has a few years left, you know, if he's in win now mode, he'll do whatever it takes. So, I, I could definitely see, um, I could I could see him happen, you know, making it happen just because you know you have Daryl Morey there and and. Yeah. Um, and I think he would he would really help with having another playmaker, having another person who can create their own shot. Um, you know, he he obviously doesn't play the same position really, um, but I think uh, I think he would I think he would really greatly benefit that that team. So yeah. um, I think the the real question more is uh, what what Toronto would probably be wanting else. I think that Philly would have to give up something additional <laughs> to Ben, yeah. which is crazy. Like that that wouldn't that would not have happened six months ago it would yeah. that would not have been a realistic ask of the raptors six months ago and now it's i i think really what the sixers need to do is wait out and and really hope that ben Sil that ben simmons puts in the work this offseason to develop into a better jump shooter into a more confident player honestly and and if he does that then someone someone will pay the price that they want like ben simmons at his highest potential is is someone that you could kind of i think you could have lead your offense so to, to me that's the the ideal route for the sixers is is to wait it out and let him show the other front offices in the nba like he's a competent not only a competent basketball player but like an all-star and offensive superstar caliber player if you if you let him develop so i don't know if that'll happen but I, I feel like I've heard Daryl Morey wants an all-star in return, and I think you're only going to get that if you let him prove it first. Yeah, that's true. It's it, it's tough that they already gave him the bag essentially without him really like proving a whole lot, you yeah. know, to them, you know. So I feel like complacency can set in once you've you know start making millions upon millions of dollars. When I don't know if he necessarily deserved that contract at that point right. with what he had shown them. 
Um, but yeah, it really comes all down to him whether he's going to put the put in the work this off season. Um, but yeah, it's 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 going to be tough. I saw I saw a few trades out there. I saw that the Pacers had offered I think Brogdon and a first round pick for Ben, and I think that they had turned that down. Um, so interesting. I, I think um, I think uh, it'll be it'll be interesting what what ends up happening um, for them. But I think uh, yeah, like you said, I think waiting it out um, and seeing what this off season. Um, what happens this offseason, um, I think that'll be probably the best move looking forward for uh, for Philly. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, lastly, let's let's hit on, I guess, America's team, the New York Knicks. Yeah, everybody, everybody seems to be a Knicks fan these days. Tom Thibodeau resurrected the Knicks this past season, getting them to the fourth seed or, or fifth seed in the Eastern yeah, Conference. Seed, yeah. yeah. Um, Madison Square Garden was electric in the playoffs, and they – the Knicks proved that they are they're not only are they a fun team to watch but they can win. They can play winning basketball. They obviously need a lot of help. Julius Randle is not going to be the number one player on a championship team, but they've there there's a structure there to potentially build around. I've you know, I, I think the Knicks are, you know, they're hoping Damian Lillard gets really unhappy. Or we'll say Knicks fans. They're hoping yeah. they're hoping Damian Lillard gets really unhappy. They're hoping that somehow Bradley Beal or a Chris Paul or like these you know these A name A list NBA players will end up coming to the Knicks this off season. I don't know if that's gonna happen, but like do you do you see any anyone with like some superstar or all star clout coming to the Knicks this off season? Oh yeah, it's definitely coming. For okay, sure. okay, oh, okay, guaranteed. Yeah, okay. So Tom Thibodeau, man, he like broke the curse of the Knicks. They have been so bad for so long. They finally make the playoffs, and they're the fourth seed, not even like the eighth. They're not like just squeaking in, like right. Like they came in, you know, really well. Like I think they, I mean, you know, minus you know the series against the Hawks was kind of iffy, but then we all realized that the Hawks were actually better than we they thought were good. they were. They were really good. So. In hindsight, that doesn't look as bad, you know, because they beat Philly and then they, you know, took the Bucks to six. So, you know, it initially looked bad, not as bad after we saw how good they were. But, I mean, the allure of New York City and Madison Square Garden is so real. It is. And, I mean, them proving that they can win games and that you wouldn't be on some chump team, you know, that's like putting up garbage numbers. I think, um, I think they're going to pull some big names. I mean, they've already cleared a lot of cap space for, for like, you know, max contract guys. Um, I think they're just uh, just wait and see who goes there. I, I really think um, that they're going to get somebody big. Just, you know, um, a, a name that I think we threw out earlier was Zion. Um, Yo. <laughs> he looked, I think they interviewed him and he was like, he, Zion. Could, he couldn't like contain, you know, himself. His, talking his about happiness, it. his joy picturing playing in the... Uh, in Madison oh, yeah. if, if if the Pelicans don't turn it around, I think he's going to end up there. Um, Do you think he, okay, let's say the Pelicans completely they actually made a trade earlier this afternoon before we started recording to get uh Valanciunas from the Grizzlies. Oh, that's true. And they traded away the 10th pick. Let's say Jan or I'm sorry, not Giannis. Let's say Zion hated that move and the Pelicans continue to like squander all their opportunities this offseason. Is it feasible that in his like, I guess what's coming up his third season in the league, before his third season starts, that he could demand a trade already. Um, 
gosh i think so like the player the player empowerment movement it's so powerful right now it is like the players have so much control over these franchises um it's it's literally insane and so different than what it used to be like 10 or 15 years ago um it's crazy to think about but honestly if, if they don't get their act together soon i could see him out the door and honestly it's i could see like them winning the championship if they had him on that team. Yo, Alex, what are we talking about right Dude, now? Crazy, crazy. Listen to this. Okay, okay. so. All right, all right. The Pelicans had AD. They traded him away. What happened the year after he gets traded? They win the, the Lakers win the championship next year. The oh, next year, we see a pattern going Drew, on here. Drew Holiday gets traded the next year away from the Pelicans. He wins it. He wins a ring the same year. So Zion, Alex, you're breaking my brain dude, right now. Zion, the year he goes, put your money on the team he goes to to win the championship. Whoever gets Zion will win. This is the this is the best theory I've ever heard. I'm yeah. so glad you held this to yourself until we got on the podcast. This is incredible. Oh my gosh, the what are, what what are we calling this? Is it just the Pelicans theory or the? It's like yeah, I don't I don't know like the anti- bad news in the Bayou. Yeah. I, I, I it's don't like know. the anti Pelicans, the anti Pelicans theory, or like the good luck if you trade with them. Like I don't know, I can't think of a good name. I'm not that creative. I okay, this is like we're gonna broadcast this everywhere. I I'm so down for this. So so far, I guess we can count on. Uh, if Zion doesn't get traded that today Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe got traded to the Grizzlies from the Pelicans. Mm. So, Grizzlies fans, you might be in luck. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Maybe it's, maybe they have it the might good luck. Be, it might be Grind City's time next year. <laughs> that would be something that else. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> that would be ridiculous. All right. This is, you know, just spontaneous here on the Gantt Fan Podcast. We're going to do a little rapid fire. I have four superstars who have been very much in trade rumors and free agency rumors as guys that could be possibly moving to a new team. Not all of them true, but it's possible. So we're going to do rapid fire. I'm going to say a player's name, and Alex, you're going to tell me first team that comes to mind. What team do you think this player will be playing for at the start of the next season? Okay, I can do that. Have, um, have we we already know his answer for Zion would be the Knicks. Yep. So <laughs> he's going to New York. <laughs> and they're winning the championship. Yep. Um, okay, first player, Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal. Um, not going to be the Wizards. Um, he's going to – he doesn't like it. Um, he's going to Boston. Ooh, gonna, the Boston Celtics. They're going to make a deal. Him and Tatum are going to be like 1-2. No, wait, that actually – Oh, the Celtics might want to. Brad Stevens in that uh, uh, general manager role might uh, might want to pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I don't hate that. I don't hate that. I think I would have said the Heat. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. But I don't think it'll be the Wizards. I think we both agree yeah. it's not going to be the Wizards. He's out. He's yeah. packing his bags. Okay. Um. So we think Bradley Beal is out of DC. Next player, Chris Paul. Mm, Chris Paul, that's a tough one, man. Just going to the finals. Um, uh, I'm gonna say he's gonna run it back. I'm gonna say run he, it back I'm, with the Suns. He's gonna decline his player option and he's gonna sign for less per year, but he's gonna like make it longer. So that's that's my prediction. Okay, the Phoenix Suns. I like that pick too. I think I I would also say Phoenix. I I don't. I there there's rumors that he wants to leave, but we talked about this earlier too. I. I just don't know what team out there 
really seems like a good fit for him. If he goes to the Lakers and wins the championship there, it's it's a free ring, basically. You get to play with... I mean, I know he kind of got... You know, David Stern robbed him of that opportunity back in the day when he could have played with Kobe Bryant. But True. he'd yeah. basically be playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis to get a ring. That's just... He, he deserves more than that, I think. Yeah, his ego is going to... He's going to be like, no, man, yeah. I got to do it my own team. The Suns, that's... That's what he's gonna do. I and and he's got he's got chemistry with those guys. Um. Okay. Next player, Damian Lillard. Mm, Damian Lillard. Okay. I'm saying he's out of town. He's uh, disgruntled. You know, Portland has done squat with him. Um. He's out. I'm saying he's gonna team up with Zion in New York. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, I can't handle this, <laughs> bro. If any Knicks fans are listening right now, contain yourself. <laughs> All right. We have no proof that Alex has seen the future. Um, wow. Damian Lillard in a Knicks jersey. That's, that's going to be their ring. Big three, man. Randall, Dame, and Zion. And they're going to win a ring. I would be I would be absolutely blown away if they got if they managed to get Zion and Damian Lillard in the same offseason. Um, but, you know, you heard it here first. There is, I guess, a slim chance that could happen. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> I I disagree. I think he will start the season in Portland. Um but we might see him get moved. We might see him get moved later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Last but not least, uh we were just talking about him, Ben Simmons. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is another tough one too. Um I think to start the season he will definitely be in Philly. Um but I don't think he will end the season in Philly. I think at some point they're going to trade him. Um, and if I have to pick a team off the top of my head who they're going to trade him for, I'll probably say the Timberwolves. They're going to trade him there. <laughs> the Timberwolves have a bunch of talent in their front office. has shown time and time again they don't know what they're doing. So they'll probably overpay for him, and they'll probably they'll probably have the best package available. So I that's a great pick, honestly. Like I could see I could see. Ben Simmons going to the Timberwolves before the offseason. Like, every other franchise in the NBA has been like, no, we're not going to overpay for Ben Simmons until he shows us he's good enough, except for the Timberwolves. And they'd be like, Carl Anthony Towns, look, we got Ben Simmons. Look, can you stay with us a little bit longer? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a great pick. Honestly, that's a great pick. But I think that's going to do it. Uh, That's about all the content that we had lined up for today. Um the draft is this Thursday. Uh be sure to tune in uh to you know to watch the draft but on on social media I'm going to try to have some draft stuff up at some point this week either to follow it the night of or or beforehand and um I guess we will all be anxiously awaiting uh to to see what happens with with the New York Knicks this offseason. That's Let's the go. that's the biggest thing on my mind Getting right them now. Rings. Yeah. Get those jewelry boxes out. <laughs> All right, Alex, thank you for stopping by. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, of course, man. Thanks for having me, Josh. Appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening.